Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Ryan is Super Strong Podcast. This is another Corona Files episode coming to you via Zoom recording, and it's a little funky in places, I'll be honest. It's a little funky in places. There's some electronic buzz going on sometimes, but I think this is a great interview. The, you know, this uh, The guy that I bring, I'm bringing today is a dear friend of mine, uh, one of my old friends from college, the wonderful Dr. Jesse Willis. Now, I don't think I mentioned that he's a doctor. Uh, in the interview at all, which is weird. I normally, whenever I have someone who has a doctorate on, I like to go, "Hey, we got doctors on the show," <laughs> but I forgot. <laughs> so I'm doing that now. I'm doing that dang now, okay? But this is the wonderful Jesse Willis. He's a badass drummer, instructor at Coastal Carolina University. You're gonna you're gonna hear all about him here, starting very soon, and all about our relationship and friendship. But just so you guys know, you know these Zoom files or these Corona files Zoom episodes that I'm doing have given me the opportunity to you know, reach out to people all over the country and globe um, in order to get people for interviews that I normally don't. You know, It's normally basically in LA or wherever I am if I travel and stuff, so Nashville or Chicago or New York and stuff. But the, um, this, is, this is fun. I, you know, I'd, I'd always rather be having a drink and goofing around with somebody in my own home, in my studio. I think it's the most uh, fun way to interact and it's you know, f- fun for all these reasons. But What's cool about these is I get to kind of hash things out with some of my oldest friends and talk about all kinds of stuff and just it's just really fun. So I've been I've been very grateful for Zoom during this crazy time because it has allowed me to kind of get some guests on who've been on my guest list since the very very big since the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> the very beginning these guys have been on my list since the very beginning um and so you know and just it just never happened that we would be in the same place and be able to record so it is awesome that we're getting to now and i hope that you enjoy that a lot of these next few weeks are going to be some of my oldest friends some of the great people that i you know that are hard to track down etc 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 so i think you're really going to enjoy this um no announcements you know i think we're all in the same boat it's groundhog's day for the last two months and one week <laughs> so it's groundhog's day for everybody and we're just waking up to the same thing i hope that you are at least comfortable i hope that you're getting through this uh well i hope that you have a team of some sort whether that be your spouse or your pup or your children or your family or or your friends maybe you're maybe you're quarantining with roommates you know i hope that you have a nice solid team structure of support during this time because we definitely all need it uh even though we are also uh, all going insane and need our own alone time as well <laughs> either way i hope that you're feeling safe i hope that you're feeling comfortable if you're working out i hope that your muscles aren't too sore i hope you got a good stretch in before you start working out okay <laughs> if you're at home having a drink hey cheers you know I hope that the, I hope it's a tasty beverage and a chilly beverage at that. I'm a cold beverage man, as you guys know. So, I just want you to get comfy, get ready to listen to me and my dear friend Jesse Willis catch up and shoot the shit as we always do on this show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the freaking <gasps> show. All right, hey, hey, welcome to the Ride of Super Strong podcast. This is Ryan Knudsen, and I am, you guessed it, super strong. Today's strength level is the mighty Chanticleer. The Chanticleer is a ancient bird of myth and legend, a secret old as time itself. 
the mysterious large gamecock himself. The and the reason that the strength level is the Chanticleer um, this this day is not only is this a you know a legendary character and and uh, folklore and things like that, but uh, it's the the mascot of a school, a mascot of a very important school to me, the wonderful Coastal Carolina in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And today's guest is the director of percussion for that very school. He is a founding member of very important bands such as the Latin Jazz Collective, El Fuego Lento, <laughs> Panacondas, <laughs> several groups that <laughs> only IU percussion <laughs> alumni might laugh at. <laughs> and an all-around bad, bad, bad mofo on the drums. This is one of my best friends on the globe, the wonderful handsome man jesse willis thank you sir <laughs> very very glad to be here with you it's interesting time yeah it's nice, to be, it's nice to be able to connect yeah dude man you're, i mean obviously you've been one of my oldest friends and uh you know like you know the the the, the bonds you make in college are like those ones that follow you forever i think and uh, or at least as long as we've been out of college they've been following us <laughs> following us and uh i i've wanted to have you on this show forever but i just assumed at some point you'd be out in la or i'd be out in myrtle beach and we'd do it when we do it that way you know but now that i'm doing these like zoom corona files you know i felt like fuck <laughs> We gotta find our own theme music. <laughs> I like how you do. That. I like how you do that. Um, <laughs> so Jesse, my first question that I always give everybody, you know, before we get into any of the, you know, any more questions or talking about anything or any games or any of that, is simply, you know, and this typically works better because people are in my studio and and sitting in person with me. But my first question is always, "Hey, who are you, and what are you doing here?" <laughs> What am I doing here? Well, who am I? You just told everybody who I was, but yeah, I did a really good job of introducing you to the world. Job. There's, there's nothing else you uh, maybe need to know about me, but uh, I'm glad to be here with you. You know, I'm just happy, happy dude teaching percussion out here. Yeah, Little Beach. You're a father. Some yeah, love father of two, father of two, Sedona and Reina, husband yeah. of one, right. <laughs> Husband to your ex-girlfriend, Candace. You can't be girlfriend and wife at the same time. I've been trying to make sure that's trying to work that out. I've been telling yeah. my fiance that same thing. We, you are my <laughs> girlfriend. But yeah, you know, uh, that's that's what's occupying my time right now. Little one, the little one, Reina is. Uh, she just turned eight weeks, uh, two days ago. So yeah, she's just oh. a little nugget, but she's awesome. And eight Sedona, weeks. Sedona's two years old. Yeah. Uh, um, She's a, a, a ball of energy and fun to chase around the house all day for show. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Did you yeah, I know what I'm doing here, man? Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, just hanging out with you. Yeah, man. Just hanging out with you. Like the old days. Uh-huh. Catching oh. it. Yeah, it's good. You were, when I got to IU, were you doing your master's when I got to IU? I think that's right, yeah? Right, yeah, okay. we, trying to remember. We, we started the same year. We, we uh -huh. came at the same time. But you were doing your master's and I was doing undergrad. And Jesse was teaching the pan ensemble, was helping out with all the world stuff. You know, when Mike Spiro took over there the next year to do all the world stuff, we were all just a team. Yeah. And just a little background on Jesse and I's friendship was just, you know, forged in the fiery 
the fiery energies of Cuban music being yelled at by Mr. Spyro. By a crazy old white man. <laughs> Spyro, <laughs> crazy old white man, yelling at us in your basement while we <laughs> fed him rum. <laughs> and ourselves plenty of rum as well. That's true. That's true. And then uh, you know we uh, that's you know we started the band El Fuego Lento together, man. We're, you know you're a founding member yeah. of that band. Yeah, that was that was a blast. We got to really try out a bunch of shit. Yeah, I get. I I don't know if yeah you probably don't because you weren't on Facebook when we started doing that stuff, and you're still not actually technically you are not or whatever. But um, yeah. but I still get notifications like every other week or so. It's like. You, El Fuego Lento has a new like on Facebook. I'm like, <laughs> Still going strong. Man. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't put out any albums. We haven't done a show yeah, in 10 yeah. years. 12 years, but that's fine. It's good we're reaching people. Yeah, exactly. So the, the old pictures of us running on a, ra- on a train track <laughs> yeah. are being seen yeah. by one more person a week. <laughs> I know. People really dug that picture, I guess. <laughs> Not so much the music, just the and picture. And we... <laughs> Dude, we joined the uh, the pantheon of people that did pictures on train tracks during that time. That was very strategic, I remember. It was. I remember finding that train track. I don't remember who took the pictures, though. Who did I we do that? that? I remember we paid somebody like 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah. We paid somebody. I can't remember. We all chipped in $8 or something. Because <laughs> there was. We all chipped in $10. Will Reno's girlfriend, maybe, at the time? No? No. I felt like it was somebody that was, you know... In the circle. Circle a little bit, but maybe not. Maybe not. It doesn't really matter, I guess. <laughs> it doesn't really matter about that human we can't remember. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I, yeah, I can't remember. Actually, you know who it was? I think I did just remember who it was. It was it was best friend of the girlfriend of one of our mutual best friends and member of El Fuego Lento, Coleman Cook. Oh, okay. It was Kayla. I do. I, I I totally remember that just now. Um, yeah, she went okay, on. I don't care about Kayla. She she matters. She so does. Now that, now that I named her by name, yeah. first name only, and and the listeners, you know, diehard listeners of the show, know Coleman Cook. Yeah. Um, he yeah. Uh, he's a, yeah he's a he's a master. You know, a master man, great bass player. Lives in New York City now, the epicenter of the whole coronavirus uh, craziness right now. Um, but he uh, actually just spoke with him today. Oh, and cool. he's doing well, healthy. And yeah. he was actually in France when everything started going down. Shit. He, he trains bands for cruise ships now. And uh, so he was in France working on something. And, and uh, as soon as stuff started going bad, he dipped. Everything that Coleman does is related to the epicenter of coronavirus. Cruise ships, New York, and Europe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's high risk. And he said that when he got back, he got back, you know, that mid, like the very beginning of March or whatever, and uh, and he was sick for a couple of weeks, but it was over by the time, like, testing was available for him, so he wasn't sure if he got it or not, but he said he had a really, he, he said he didn't have, like, pneumonia or, like, really bad chest pains or anything, but it was shitty, and he was sick for, like, two weeks, but. Yeah. yeah. Whew. But uh, for the listeners, you know, he, he did, uh, he produced seven episodes of the Nashville series back when Coleman was living in Nashville. That's so. But yeah, that was that's who took those photos. Kayla, forgot about that. Oh man, memory lane. Times. It's always interesting for two guys to go down memory lane to a bunch of listeners who can't. <laughs> <laughs> tracks. 
<laughs> oh shit, man! Oh, yeah, about shit that literally nobody cares about. But I know, nobody cares about this at all, and we're just going deep. You know, going for the long haul. I will you say, get an extra deep dive into literally nothing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think this is going to be episode 192 of my podcast, I believe. 192. Which is a lot. And this is also the third Zoom interview I've done. But I'm going to tell you exactly why your episode is special. Okay. You're in the Guinness Book of World Records here on this show. Because this is the first show. This is the very first show I've ever done just wearing boxers. Oh, yeah. I, I contemplated pants or no, no pants. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I just, I put on a shirt and then I was like, oh, I've been doing laundry and, uh, and all my pants are still down in the dryer. And I was like, oh, I need to go get those and pop some on. And I was like, oh, they're going to be all hot. No, I don't. And I was like, wait, no one's going to be looking at my lower half, you know? It's true. And so I just wore boxers. So this is the first ever Ryan, a super strong podcast done <laughs> in undergarments. <laughs> I, I feel like the odd man out. You know? yeah. Well, you can feel free to strip down if you want. You know, I can't see your waist either. You know, I do whatever you like. It's true. Maybe I don't even have boxers on. Yeah, maybe you don't have anything on. For all we know. Mm-hmm. That's how I roll most of the day. <laughs> well, tell me. So you know, like typically, I've said this on every you know show since the coronavirus started, which is typically like we don't really. I try to keep the show kind of evergreen. Don't talk about too much stuff that's going on. But I am curious about you know, how you're doing and what, you know, your day-to-day is like, what your quarantine snacks are, you know, how many, how many, you know, are you wearing pants as a part of your regular day now, you know, that kind of stuff. Because I think it's important to see how people are dealing with all this stuff. Yeah. Everybody's got their unique take on what is basically probably the same thing. Yeah. Because we're all so limited in what we're able to do, but. Did you try to keep structure in your life at the beginning and then throw that out in the trash pretty soon? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're just finishing the semester now. So that that kept structure over the last six or seven weeks to where I was still meeting with students for individual, you know, private lessons. Right, right. We would meet as a group one time a week. So yeah, um, with that, that maintained, but I tried to schedule them all at a, at a part of the day that made it easy for us to get up, do breakfast, get all the kids situated, and then I'd go teach up here in the studio, and then, um, you know, basically be done with that, and then it's about time for Sedona to go down for a nap, so we yeah. do that, and we're trying to spend as much time outside as we can when the weather's nice, backyard, we put some work into the backyard last year, and again this year, so... It's good because we can take advantage of that space now. So it's, yeah. it's been nice to be outside grilling, hanging out, um, spending time with kids. I guess that's the silver lining to all this. Yeah. Family time. It's, it's also, uh, I guess, convenient to uh, you know start drinking about 3 p.m. every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that old 5 o'clock nomenclature is completely gone now, I think. Like out the window now. <laughs> five o'clock somewhere is is never more true than during coronavirus. <laughs> yep, I, I agree. I can agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, my my thing has been staying up all night. You know, it's like I've I've completely reverted to my circadian rhythms, which I'm not a father, so it makes it easier to do that. You know, but I <laughs> I've just completely gone nocturnal, where my six or seven hours of sleep is starting around six thirty in the morning. 
<laughs> and I have, you know, on the nights where I've like, I've been up with like uh, Will Reno or Jake Harpster or something like that, you know, talking, uh, you know, until late or something and drinking and then like take a Rupert for a walk right before bed. And it's about 6 30 in the morning and there's people like jogging by. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most like worthless to be like like oh night night joggers <laughs> but how, how are you so how, when you have like all that strictly you have the teaching you have kids and stuff are you having those major like emotional dips that everyone's talking about i mean i'm experiencing that so i'm just curious um i you know i, I wouldn't say it's it's major but i think there's so, so many different feelings that everybody has at any given time and we've all gone through different stages of thinking about this whole thing whether it's sadness or just being um, generally worried like about yourself and your family or those around you yeah. um, seeing that you know at least for us fortunately we haven't been touched directly by it yet um, but knowing that there's so many other people out there that have been dealing with it yeah. uh, on a closer level and you know the trying to think of like you know it's almost from my position it's almost unfathomable to think like there's people having to go and work in hospitals and they you know it's obviously necessary and incredibly noble but uh you know we're just trying to stay out of the way and there's some people that have no no opportunity to get out of the way totally yeah but you know generally uh, i think the kids spending time with kids and my wife you know, with Candace has has been been good, and without that, I think I think that helps. I think that eliminates, or it doesn't eliminate, but it, it kind of tempers some of those big emotional swings. Yeah. I've, talk, I've talked to people, same same deal, and I see people. You know, it's like one day super hot or super cold, or very very optimistic, and then the next day, you know, what am I doing with my life and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, man. It, I think it really runs the gamut. There's people just feeling in all kinds of different ways so that's why it's like i feel like it's important to talk about a little bit yeah you know my show's pretty you know silly and goofy and all that stuff but i'm just like people are wanting something to relate to still you know yeah, sure man and, and i feel inappropriate just brushing past it on every episode that's like no we're all kind of in the shit yeah, yeah, i think it's impossible to completely brush past it but <laughs> yeah. the thing is being able to like you know hang occasionally like with you guys or you know yeah. people from the past that's been a lot of fun and you did this thing. We had like a mini IU reunion, reunion, and uh, and you brought <laughs> you brought this book of Mad Libs that we had created over the course of like two years. Yeah, that I forgot existed. It was like an ancient tome, and uh, we you know over the years of in college writing down all these horrible things, which I don't even think we should really bring up. There's so many bad ones. Yeah, yeah. The most important things were on those pieces of paper, of course. <laughs> it is good. Only one man has it, and it's. Uh, I think it's the most honorable man. I, th- I don't think you'll use it for. I, 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 I take a lot of pride and respect, and treat the book with, um, you know, the utmost. Uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Just to make sure that it's got to stay. <laughs> you almost had a good full vibe there. Yeah, ah, never mind. <laughs> It doesn't really matter. It's just a bunch. It's just a PDF on my, on my computer at this point. Yeah, from a bunch of assholes about 12 years ago. Drunk assholes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. You're wearing a T-shirt. It makes for a good time. Yeah. You're wearing a T-shirt now from Swine House. Yeah. You, you, uh, San Antonio place, right? So uh-huh. you said? Yeah, it's yeah. my 
Ellie's uh, shop that he's got there that he's uh, a meat and cheese guy and he's got his own little shop uh, he, he makes incredible incredible food downtown San Antonio San Antonio I've met this man before at, at your wedding yeah, um, yeah we wedding. wedding and bachelor yeah, shout out to Joe at Swinehouse because oh yeah I think they're trying to get back on their feet and start serving some people again too and and that that's good you know the as the, the restaurant community, you know, just like musicians, I feel like we're all connected there. Very much, yeah. Because, uh, they're they're getting obviously hit pretty hard too, and especially if you're just starting out. And Joe's been getting this business up and running. You know, it's been a dream of his forever, and been getting the business. Well, he's, up and very, but he's been open for like a couple of years, right? Hasn't he? It's yeah, I'd, I'd have to. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. I, I went down and saw his shop for the first time last May, so. It's been, uh, a, a, you know, a little more than a year, maybe, or right around a year that he's had. Uh, okay. So we had a little bit, we had a technical difficulty there. Um, but, oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, we're back, we're back on. Uh, but, yeah, we were, we were just talking about Joe's place, Swinehouse, and trying to figure out exactly when he had opened a couple years ago or so. Yeah. Joe Signs, you know, Swinehouse, downtown San Antonio. He's had, he's had the company and done pop. He did pop-ups for like at least a year, if not more. Yeah. Um, but he's slowly gathering, uh, you know, all of his gear and, you know, finding the right people and making connections in San Antonio. And I want to say it was about a year ago that he was able to rent out some space and actually what is like the back area of another restaurant. So he's got his own door, but it's in this cool little kind of thing. It's real small, but um, he's get, he's been getting a lot of traction. And he, he produces amazing food, some of the best sausage that I've ever had, some of the best meats uh, just in general that I've ever had. I, I went to a – he did a like a whole hog uh, like butcher master class uh, a couple years ago that was really fun. That uh, Candace and I went to. It was super sweet to see him awesome. do all that stuff in his like album. element. Yeah, that's about that. He's he's putting out good food. I hope this you know he makes it through all this stuff. I think you know he's he's a he's made it this far and he's been resilient, like just in general with trying to start his own business and get going in this. So I know he'll be be able to get through it. But uh, you know we wish him the best for sure. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Thanks now you it. back to you. Yeah. You're a percussion man. You're a drummer man, and as the listeners know, I love me some drummers. You? <laughs> I'm biased. I think drummers are the best. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're good at so many drums. You know, are there what what uh, what drum too scary? What drum too scary? What drum too scary? Jeez, what drum too scary for you? I'd say drum too scary for me is tabla. Yeah, same. Tabla, it's got to be tabla. It's first one in my brain too. It's right at the top. I mean, I'd have to go start over at my daughter's eight-week-old age to, to be able to be even halfway decent at that yeah. and yeah. have somebody teaching me from that Do you age. own any? Uh, we have some at the school. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering. I was wondering too, like if you have a student that ever comes in and says, "Teach me tabla." Like, what do you do in that situation? I go, I go get the fuck out of my office. Go practice your <laughs> <laughs> but look so, at you. Yeah, let's make sure that our uh, snare drum rolls are our, you know, or our, or our uh, Dave, Dave Garibaldi grooves are good or something. Oh, else. Yeah. That's practice, right. practice your marimba. 
That's what I'm talking about. Practice something. Well, maybe not marimba doesn't necessarily fit into that category. But practice something employable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slammo. <laughs> I love marimba. Yeah. yeah. We all do. We all do. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel the same. Where, where's your heart at right now? Where are you getting the most joy out of playing? What drum? Or style? Or music? We, just, we just did a great collaboration with uh, Andy Norell. Literally the last time I was on campus, on our campus at Coastal, um, we just finished a concert with Andy Norell and Dave Longfellow, uh, two great dudes. Obviously, Andy's a legend in the pan community. Dave uh, does amazing work. And, um, you know, so it was cool to kind of get the chance to work with and perform with somebody I've idolized for a long time. And our band killed it, the CCU Steel Band, Clip Samba. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just really, really put in a lot of work, and they sounded great. Andy was happy. Everybody was happy with it. So, um, you know, got a lot of enjoyment out of that. And I was mostly playing engine room stuff. I was playing iron and congas and yeah, yeah, Gishi and all sorts of stuff like that. But just being around that music, his music, and with that group of students in particular was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, I, I've got some fun drum set gigs that when things are normal that I play in town with a, a group called the Bickley Bridge Band. Uh, band leader Tim Oaks, fabulous piano player and some guys. Sort of a rot- rotating cast of characters and we get together and he puts together these awesome charts. Like it's a reading group, nice. and uh, he's got you know eighty charts in this book and uh, a lot of unique stuff. A lot of his own original music is what we had been playing the last few times that I played with him. Uh, but he's got you know he's got everything from Michael Jackson and Earth, Wind, and Fire in the books to um, you know who else? David Sanborn. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff. Like different stuff too. You know, it's not just like yeah. American Songbook stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that stuff. I enjoy playing those gigs too. But yeah. it's different, and it's fun to read new tunes. Yeah, man. And you were one of the first guys I met when, that also loved like Caribbean jazz project. Oh yeah. No, uh, and that we just you and I headed off very quickly with our musical kind of palette that we were pulling from. But you have a deep love for like Trinidadian music, right? And pants, steel yeah. pants music. Yeah, I do. You, um, I just had a, an art the the, P, the latest PAS uh, right, right. that article just came out yeah um, and it was it was part of that doctoral work the dissertation stuff that I did a, a clip of it and it's just like a chronological look at like Dave Samuels's career and then album by album personnel and how the sound changed over the course of that entire band's existence that's awesome yeah that's really cool do you still you you go to PAS every year right. PASIC? Yeah, I've been to PASIC every year since 2003, actually. Damn, son. That's I think I've been four times in my life. You're close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't gone for forever. I mean, every year you text me and you're like, come on, PASIC, PASIC, PASIC. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, text me, PASIC, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to bitch? <laughs> I like the, the, the group of people that I go through one by one in September asking that question to. Harassing us, yeah. Well, see, I, Nam has become my thing. That's yeah. the thing I've been to a billion times. Yeah. Now. And, it's, and it's, uh, for me, it's just like how many weeks of, you know, paying for really expensive beers can yeah. you do just to hoot and holler with musicians, you know? True. <laughs> and in one way, it's like every weekend does that. But in another, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, 
in LA especially. <laughs> it's just a it's just party time. That's cool though. Um, what's the best part about PASIC? Uh, I mean, definitely seeing people and reconnecting with folks and hearing what they're up to. And, you know, I'll pick my favorite um, concerts and clinics uh, to, to, that I know I'm going to go see this, I'm going to go see that. Last year, Michelle Camilo Trio. Yeah. Awesome. That, that was really awesome that that happened. Yeah. So, you know, you mark those things down. Giovanni did another clinic. It was good to see him kind of back and doing some clinic work and, and things. What's wrong with the, he's always, is his left hand hurting or something? Yeah. Like, so he, he had some uh, fingers amputated. Oh my goodness! I didn't know that. I think both. I think both hands. I don't want to, you know, misspeak. But oh my goodness! Uh, uh, like, yeah, I think it was related to diabetes, if I'm not mistaken. And Man. he was he was playing, you know, and uh, doing some things, and he's adjusted the way that he plays. Yeah, he used that little mallet in the left yeah. hand and stuff, and I'm just like, what's going? On? I mean, he still sounds incredible. He's still, yeah, he's still super fast and yeah. sounds great, and you know, the knowledge that he has of you know just such a, a wide range of of styles you know he's so versatile that uh, uh you know i think a good example would be a lot of my students who had never seen him play or like really knew much about him uh they you know they obviously saw him playing with the paddle but at the same time like they were, they just kind of were like Oh, is that like a, a technique? Because that was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. They didn't view it in any way like a, a debilitating thing. Just, sure. just coming out, coming at it from no context at all. So just ripping it up. Yeah, man. So you know, like at at the convention, I'll see those things, and um, I'm pretty involved in the organization to the extent that I'm part of some committees, and I'm chapter president for our South Carolina chapter, and so. I'll, be attending those meetings but then mostly i just want to hang with folks and i want to yeah. see what they're up to and um that's that's the best part and head over to the wild beaver is it wild beaver is all right the wild beaver saloon is a classic spot in downtown indianapolis for those of you who may be listening from around there yeah a little shout out yeah. <laughs> always fun to go trample those those old trampling grounds <laughs> i know i know yeah, yeah. you know is, is pizza ever going to move anywhere else other than you know, it's reached a certain point in the night when we start walking to the beaver. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Know, no, what that's, know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Um, what was I going to ask you? I can't remember. Um, so you've never, you've, never been, uh, you, you've never been a social media man. You never yeah, went, you, when we all jumped on there, you were not doing that. But you yeah. found kind of a back door. Yeah. <laughs> you found a back door into social media by, you know, running the pages for your percussion department right because it was kind of a necessary thing to you know from a recruiting standpoint and to mm -hmm. to reach out to students and let people know what we're doing at coastal so um i had to embrace it to a certain extent i guess you could say yeah and do you do you enjoy that part of your life or do you i mean it's kind of like kind of like when somebody comes at you and you just hold their forehead with your hand just yeah. Kind of like arms link. yeah, I mean, you know, I think if I really enjoyed it, I would have gotten all my own accounts and stuff. Right. And, but, you know, again, I guess it's the same thing. Uh, I like showing people what's happening at Coastal or, or if somebody shares something cool, you know, I, I want to pass it along and um, yeah. show it to people. But um, in general, you know, I'd, I'd rather still not be tethered 
to the uh, device and the social medias. Yeah, totally. How speaking of cool things you're doing at Coastal, how, how many years were you at Coastal before you before your World Ensemble performed at Pacific? Wasn't it like two? Uh, well, so we were, that was, I, I was hired in t- 2010 and we played in 15. So it was five years, five years. Okay. Yeah. I was like, man, I wanted to mention that just, you yeah. know, on this show about telling where I get to, you know, hype my friends and tell people how badass they are. Yeah. I just, I think it's important to mention that you, you took over a job as a young professor and then within five years, you know, like one, you brought your ensemble to this badass like international, you know, convention as like the best one in the nation right now. Right now, you know, and it was just yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, you know, completely uh, had was in a, a situation to where um, world percussion was embraced here, and yeah. that was due to the hard work of my predecessor Curry Seymour. Yeah. Uh, and so it was already a thing that was, was supported at Coastal. And then, um, you know, through recruiting and uh, got some students that were really interested in trying to do more, you know, and wanted to, you know, I kind of challenged them, all right, you know, which if we're going to try to do something outside of the bounds of our campus, try to go play at conventions and, and things like that. It's it's really going to be you guys that's going to do this. I've got a formula that I think will work, but right. uh, but it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of dedication. And they completely stepped up to the plate. So we the year before we played our um, the whole percussion like we did percussion ensemble and world you know steel band Brazilian. Uh, Afro-Cuban, and then a bunch of percussion ensemble lit as this big program at our state uh, music educators conference, S- uh, South Carolina Music Educators, yeah, in Columbia, and then um, and then from there, kind of use that as a, a stepping stone. That was kind of the challenge. Like, all right, we need to. I need to see if you're ready for this level, yeah. and then and then we'll submit for an international bid. And, and and we were fortunate enough to get it. So, yeah, really badass. It's very very cool. Man, that's cool. Well, that's just like I said. I just, I just, I, I want to take those time. This, this show is about hyping my badass friends, you know. And I appreciate that. cool I can get, of course. Uh, <laughs> but you know, speaking, I mean, you think your recruiting went up with social media? Wait till people get a load yeah, of this. When I see Ryan super strong, they're gonna be like, "I'm going to that motherfucker." Uh, <laughs> you get one like eighty-year-old man. <laughs> that's fine. I heard about you on Ryan's show. I've done more with less, as I like to tell. Ooh. I hate to hear those examples. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but uh, I'll say, speaking about hyping other people up, I'll say that uh, this last concert that I mentioned that we did with Andy Norell, you know, yeah. that group of students had a real similar energy to the 2015 PASIC, and it felt, the rehearsals felt like, that, you know, similar, and they dug in, and, you know, to play Andy's music, you have to dig in, and if... Um, you know, he's a. They know that they were going to get to play with him. Yeah, yeah. So that, that certainly helped them. Set that up well in advance and set the standard. Like, hey, if you know, basically told students that because uh, it's an elective ensemble. You know, some right. students are doing it their, at their choice. And but I asked that in the fall. You know, if, if you're going to do this in the fall, then I, I'd like you to commit to the whole year because I didn't want to. It would have been impossible to start over with a new group in the spring. Yeah. You know, and have only six weeks to rehearse for this, you know, basically 50 minutes plus hour worth of really intense hard music. 
and um, they dug in and we, we stretched it out we paced it well in terms of the learning of the material and in there we brought you know in the fall we had to do another program and we brought Mike McStackey and Nate Lee out yeah and so we did some pan music, but we also did some Cuban music on that. So this, the students, the, the amazing thing is that they're working on so much other stuff. They're not just doing that. You know, they're not just playing pan. So, um, But the, the vibe was real similar to that 2015 Pacey group, and it was, it was a cool thing. Badass. Man, that's cool. That's very cool, man. Well, so now I think it's time. We're going to move into some, you know, Actually, you know what? I do want to share some music. I think I think right now, before we start moving into some games, let's I share something we played on together. We should, yeah, we should share something that we played on together. We've uh, I've shared other uh, tracks from this album with I think Ben Matthews shared a uh, shared a track. Maybe um, oh, I, I think we shared Palmas on uh, David Leinard's episode because that tune, um, that piano solo that David takes on that track on that album is like one of my favorite parts yeah. of the entire album it's one of my favorite things to listen to and i can still sing it to this day i love that little part but if we were to share a track from the lj latin jazz collective you know album case surprise that which one would you share well i mean we were talking about Roomba urbana so i think yeah uh, i think I th- that's one I think that's beautiful I think before we before we uh, not to reminisce too long go down memory lane too long but, go down train tracks of memory lane <laughs> but i think it is cool i mean like this it's, it's fun to have like to talk to you about it because we were really like i remember when you and i met with spyro on the weekend that he auditioned at iu you know yeah and, and he was like and we were like hey would you um would you be willing to do like a you know a, like a latin ensemble at the school and he was like it's not part of my it's not part of my <laughs> my job description <laughs> <laughs> literally just said no that's not part of my job description i'm here to like teach i'm here to teach like world ensemble like, we're like come on come on and, and we were like look you know well, you know and, and you you had that that house that nick and uh who was living nick and josh were living yeah. with you and the yeah. kids friends mm-hmm. and uh you're like dude i have a basement with tons of drums we could we could practice there we could you know we could run it all you know like we'll we'll, we'll give you rum like we'll, whatever you want to we'll be like we'll do it <laughs> And that's what we did, man. He was, so, he, you know, he was all grumpy about it. But then we're like, come on, come on. I was giving him, especially at the beginning, giving him, like, every ride. I was just his little show. Yeah, well, like, I mean, how many trips to back and forth from the Indianapolis airport? I have no idea. And, you know, dropping him off at the judge's house and back. and Yeah, all this know, craziness. And, then he, and so then it was just like, okay, you have, uh, we know that you have a couple hours here because we're the ones driving you around, so... Just come to the house and teach us. <laughs> just come teach us. He was like, "God damn it, fine." And so we started just at the beginning. It was just you, me, Derek Dreyer, yeah, Holman Cook, Max Marshall. Mm-hmm. I think right. Who else was down there in your basement at the beginning? Uh, I think it, that probably would have been it. I think that. it was just, yes, and that's how we started. Like where, like, like, Spiral's like, all right, do you guys know what a discarga is? And we're like, kinda. And he's like, all right, well, let's start there. You know, let's groove on this and teach us. You know, and he just and he just like schooled us for a couple months. We just sat in that basement, man. You know, at least once a week, and and then the, and then the five of us would get together another time throughout the week and jam those those like, ideas and those concepts and listen to albums and stuff. Yeah. And then that became the Latin Jazz Collective that year. We 
like the second semester started that the full band semester i think yeah and we were like we were like look we have this little five piece thing but we want to add horns and all this stuff and we started that band there at iu still like didn't count as an ensemble or no didn't you know it was just all on our own time yeah man i mean <laughs> and spyro's time <laughs> which we were yeah, about. thank god he was we convinced him or he was willing to do it uh but that was in a you know i mean the I always had a love for that music prior to, but being able to dig in with you guys and actually get some coaching on it at that point in time, you know, cause we're all coming from backgrounds where, you know, we aren't growing up around it. Like you do if you're growing up in Cuba, if you're growing up even in Miami or New York city, uh, the Bay area, wherever. But, uh, it was, it was cool to be able to do that and to do it in a way that felt kind of organic, you know, cause it did start, outside and it wasn't like we were just signing up for a class oh that sounds interesting i'm gonna sign up for this class no it was like pretty you know as as organic as something like that can be that is somehow affiliated eventually with the the university well and that's why i respect spyro so much and he's become you know such a great mentor in all of our lives and careers that he really comes from that old school like uh you know uh uh mentorship kind of style of teaching and like you know and uh the fact that we he's definitely he's he's the one one of those teachers that really really taught me that you give as much as you're getting back like mm-hmm. your students and it was like for us we we're like we'll drive you anywhere we'll pick up your lunch we'll you know we'll go pick up yeah. your whatever we'll pick up your dry cleaning we'll do, do whatever the hell you need us yeah. to do just give us some lessons like outside of school you know he's just like ah. i can't deny these guys are doing all this crap <laughs> the thing that i said they should do jesus <laughs> Yeah, he's one of those guys. He tells all these stories about he, how he did that stuff when he was young. You know, it weighed on people's doorsteps until they give him a lesson and stuff. And so we were just doing the same thing to him. We used his words against him. Mm-hmm. We heard him. We heard him. That's right the, where it hurts. you can do against your teachers is use their words against. I hate when my students <laughs> do that to me. <laughs> and then we. So then, like the next year, the ensemble, it's did it didn't count as, as credit, right? Like it was weird. It was like. I yeah. think he's got credit or something like that. Cause I, was, I, was weird, I was in a weird position the whole time as a master student, so I don't think I ever actually had it for credit. No, it might not either. have been offered for credit by the time we left. I don't know, or at least I left. Yeah. Um, it's very possible that it was still not officially on the books yet, but it was something that was happening. And remember, we had to find like I think it was what like, uh, yeah. like eleven p.m. where we started. 11? Yeah, yeah, it was super late because I remember yeah. it was it was like I would be closing up the pan stuff at like nine, maybe it was like nine thirty or ten. I'd yeah, the pan and then have to like rush upstairs. To That's right. It. Maybe it was. 10, I think ten is probably right because yeah. I yeah I do remember those nights where we'd have pan ensemble until then and then like which is the hardest ensemble to clean up afterwards. Yeah, I didn't just like <laughs> a million huge instruments. <laughs> uh, then clean up all that shit, then run up and set up a huge Cuban band. Yeah. And, and and then like you know and it was funny because we weren't even supposed to be rehearsing that it was just we just knew the room was empty but like and then remember the 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 janitors used to come in and be like hey we're supposed to be cleaning that and so we would buy them beer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they loved us after that. they're like you can stay as long as the fuck you want <laughs> it was the coolest thing on the planet i just i just remember feeling like it was such a special time did you feel that when it was happening oh most definitely and i think uh uh not only I mean, you're kind of, you know, in the moment, you're kind of aware of it, but uh, the fact that we were there before he got, you know, he were there a year before Spyro got there, uh, 
Yeah. So you, we experienced it without it. Yep. And as it started, and and that was that was the whole reason that when I finished that I wanted to stay in Bloomington an extra year. So totally. Yeah. That worked that out and was able to do that. And it was that was that was the reason. You know, I wanted to keep soaking up info and playing with you guys and yeah. doing my stuff. So man, we had some friggin' fun. That was such a fun and special time. So then we, to, to end the story, you know, like that, that next year, it became more of a full-fledged thing. Uh, Derek Dreyer had moved on to another school and Mike McStacky started. Yeah. And so he became part of the band. And then so did Sam Lentz and Nate Lee and all these, all these other cats. So when we had like, like a five-person percussion section yeah. at that point. And then, you know, and, then, uh, and, we, and for the next two years we worked our asses off learning tunes and doing and playing out all these crazy cool gigs. And that's kind of the birth of El Fuego Lento as well. Yeah. Where we just, we started that, we started EFL the same year. That's the year because it was like, okay, now we want to continue working our asses off, but like we can't just, we we need to meet more than our one rehearsal a week with Spyro. Yeah. Yeah. Get some of our own gigs. And, uh, you know, it was like, I remember us going out trying to just find a place to play. And that's what, just start it was like we can just sit here and talk about starting the band but unless we have a gig we're, we're never going to get everybody together and do it yep. so we just went and told somebody that we had a band yeah, there's a band we can be played and we put together a band but i tell that story all the time to students now because i'm just like how many people have told you no you cannot play in my establishment because <laughs> i was like i walked out of a lot of places after waiting for a manager to oh, yeah. buy. remember when we were putting up flyer we would go around putting up flyers at places yeah uh, we were trying to hit you know think about demographics uh, yeah. we went to the the dance studios and we we're trying to yeah you know, let people know about us. And I remember like visiting, like, like getting, I don't know if it was like a phone book almost. I felt like it was like, we're looking in a phone book for like, where's the nearest Arthur Murray dance studio. We got to go get in touch with them and get some dance. I think all we ever got really out of that was some free lessons. (laughs) Do you remember that? We did that free. (laughs) That was awesome. That was an awesome time. We took a ballroom dance class together. (laughs) That was funny. I love that, but yeah, that's. But honestly, all that work paid off so much because it was like, hey, those weird guys that came in and gave us flyers are actually doing a Latin night at at a coffee shop. Let's go and dance, you know. And we filled up our our, our you know our gigs really quickly. It was so much yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, we did. There's be people waiting outside it. Uh, what was the coffee shop place or that one? Rachel's Cafe. Uh, Rachel's Cafe. That was awesome. Yeah, man. So that's the kind of the story behind this album a little bit, you know. And then we played for a couple of years, and we were just like, this needs to be, you know. Uh, this needs to be archived, and so you know, we we immediately went to the school for funding because it was like we're kind of an ensemble. Would you guys record this, or could we use the facilities? And they're like, no, you can't. <laughs> so we're like, okay, so let's let's just own this ourselves. So I talked to some people. We wrote up a contract, you know, that was like based on you know, like hey, we're gonna we're gonna put this together ourselves, and and all of us are going to own a part of it and let's just do it you know so we did it ourselves outside of everything and it was i'm just super proud of this project oh yeah and you said you wanted to share the tune rumba urbana which which you and i did we drank a lot of booze and just grooved on this idea and it became one of my favorite tunes on the album just because of because of you and my brotherhood oh yeah for sure (laughs) cheers to that So here we go with Rumba Urbana from the Latin Jazz Collective's album Que Sopresa. 
man, that was great. It's I, I really like reminiscing about that, and I don't care who who who's, who was bored during that story. I don't care. Yeah, I mean that doesn't really matter. That's for us. That's for us. And, and sure. yeah, we're putting our our friendship on you know on record right now. For sure, for sure. But it's good. I mean, there's some parts that there's some takeaways for people in there. You know, for trying sure. to start around. You gotta you gotta beat the trees sometimes if you you're trying to start your own shit. No, you're totally right, man. As, as like whenever I, I I get so many students and. Yeah, you're you're one of those people that like is like, hey, if you're going out to LA, hit up my my buddy Ryan. You know, so I, I go to coffee with people like that all the time, that are moving to these communities and stuff, and it's that's always such a huge. I'm like, how much how much economy have you built for yourself? Like, yeah. how many doors have you knocked on to try to get a gig? You know, and that's yeah. we've learned that together at in Bloomington, man. Like trying to get Latin night in Bloomington, Indiana, <laughs> was not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it was not an easy thing to start. And when we left, there was like three Latin nights a month, you know. Yeah, I know, and there was like rival bands. It was like we're in New York City, not really, but uh, <laughs> it was about as close as we could get for the Midwest, you know. Yep, we tried our best. The beer was better. Yeah, New York City. We had some good ass beer there. We'll That's say. true. And cheaper, cheaper than <laughs> cheaper, much cheaper. <laughs> All right, man. Well, now we're time to, time to get into some segments. This first segment is a little something called. Okay, hold on. Before this segment, you got there's like on my screen. There's something like right on your nose. I gotta get it off my screen. All right, now you good to go, bro. <laughs> it was bothering me. It's like right on your nose, and you kept drifting in and out. It's like the mustache game. Mustache game. Ah. Uh... Can you explain the mustache game to the listeners before we start this? Oh yeah. The mu- so the mustache game, you um. In a very, you know, I guess the most simple way to explain it is that it's uh, a, a, a drinking game that when you have a big TV on the wall and everybody's hanging around and drinking, you you just place a little little fake mustache on directly onto the, the screen. And as an individual, maybe be it a commercial or the show itself or an athlete, whoever, uh, drifts into the picture of the mustache and the mustache appears to be on their face then you all take a drink and it's it's silly it's silliness at its best and i think my favorite part of that was that like one did you remember i think we played one time it was either maybe a super bowl party after the super bowl and we put in something or spyro was at the house for after five hours of drinking (laughs) yeah and we put it on and spyro was like what the fuck are you guys doing Do you ever think about like now as we get older, you're just like, God, he was just hanging out with us because he like had to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. He did that with you. He was like, God, nothing else to do. What am I going to go back, back to the place and just sit around? He was hanging out with these idiots playing the mustache game. Yeah, mustache. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, oh. I bet he went home that day and he was just like, oh my God. What is my life? I learned why his wife was like, hey, what did you do today? These idiots taught me the mustache game. <laughs> Do you feel like maybe you and I should make a paper mustache and play that for the rest of this interview? Uh, that could be that could be kind of fun. <laughs> I think I can pull. I have post-it notes right here. I could make something. I could make a little mustache. Relatively easy. I don't think I have anything. Wish I had a scissor. You have to keep me, but I want to be able to see you with a mustache. I have one right now, like a real. <laughs> Yeah, you actually have a mustache. Have a quarantine mustache for real. You got it. Let me let me see it. <laughs> All right, perfect. A little yellow mustache because you're blonde. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I'm gonna try to tell you where to go. Okay, stop there. Stop. Okay, hold on. Go back. Go back. Keep going back. I'll tell you exactly where it is. <laughs> Keep going. You're doing the exact right tilt of your head right now. Keep going. Stop. Now go down a little bit. Into your. Okay, stop there. Go up a tiny fraction. <laughs> this is the best pocket. Go up a little bit more, just a tiny bit. One more bit. And then a little bit to your right. To your right. Boom. <laughs> okay, if you can remember where that is, <laughs> then you can hit me with a drink. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, that's the tilt. There we go. It's beautiful. Just every now, every now, I'm just gonna be like, <laughs> exactly trying to find it. <laughs> All right. I only have to do it if you actually really nail it, and I'll tell you when you really nail it. Um, nope, too far. Goddamn it! <laughs> I'll send you a picture so you can figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the best. I love it. That's amazing. All right. All right, so we're going to go into our first segment. Are you ready for that? Segment one, let's go. Segment one, this is a little something called the compliment corner. The beasts of the forest can be mean and make your day gloomy. To make the world a better place, Ryan welcomes his friends to a magical space called the compliment corner. Oh, the compliment corner. That sounds very nice. It is nice. You're exactly right. So what happens in the compliment corner is uh, it gives me and my guest a little chance just to forget about how dark and gloomy the world can get. You know, it's just you and me, just man to man, and I'm going to look you in the eye via Zoom and uh, give you a compliment that I mean, then you'll flip it on me, give me a compliment that you mean, and we're going to both walk out of the Zoom call one compliment heavier at the end of the day. Doing great about ourselves. I like it. Does it feel good? Yeah. All right. Well, it's very easy for me to compliment you, my friend. Uh, you, uh, you've been a dear friend of mine really since the year we met, like in 2007, I guess it was. It would have been. Yeah. 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 Um, but honestly, you know, we, we were. I wanted to reminisce a bit about those bands because they were so um, important in my character building, I think, as a musician and trying to, you know, like you said, like – beating the trees and all this stuff and we just spent so much time together dude like in, in that period of time oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. college years it was just like always hanging out we were always at each other's places always partying always having fun but also but at the same time also really taking things super yeah. serious yeah. you know we worked our asses off and we practiced so it was, it was that uh, work hard play hard mentality but it was but the, the problem I've had with that work hard play hard saying forever is just like I feel like we played hard like out of necessity it wasn't like we were like okay we've earned our play time it was just like we're working our dicks off all the time and now we're gonna go drink about it <laughs> you know? and just like uh, goof around a little bit like recess you know mm-hmm. reset a little bit and uh but over the so my comment for you is that over the years you know you've been such a uh, foundational friend for me and especially as a musician and in my career and the, all that stuff but my my main comment for you is that especially in these times when everyone's dipping, myself included, dipping emotionally and all this stuff, you've always been like one of the most steadfast emotionally and like just vibe-wise and everything. Like you're one of the most steadfast, rock-steady friends that I have ever met and known, you know? 
you don't you don't go crazy all all different directions. I know I I know what I'm gonna get when I call you. You know, you check in on me, which is you know like that's something I've as I get older I really uh, really really appreciate is when like people actually call me and check in rather than just the other way around all the time. And uh, so you've just always been a relationship that I've really really cared about, and you're just one of my favorite people, man. Love you. I appreciate that, man. Now I'm all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> That's one of the compliment corner. I like this. <laughs> I should visit this corner a little more often. That's what I'm saying. Everybody wants to stay longer. Yeah, they get- yeah. yeah once you get in. Um, yeah, man. Like, I appreciate those words very much. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I guess for me, uh, you know, what I've really always thought you've done a great job. I mean, so dedicated to whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, you know, whether it's at that moment, it's you know us trying to go find a gig, or even if we're we're eating lunch, or we're studying, or working on something that we don't want to be doing. Uh, you bring a you know uh, a, just a, an energy and a vibe to the room that makes people want to have fun no matter what, and feel good about life at that moment, you know, even probably when you don't feel good about life at that moment, <laughs> we're able to, uh, more times I'm like, the mo- when I'm the most pissed, the most angry, yeah. but, but um, you know, it's, it's always nice to have that type of presence around, and somebody you can goof around with even even when you're taking things seriously or it's it's serious that you know that it as soon as that's over it's it's right back to just like the usual hang and you know just like when we've been doing these zoom calls or if we talk on the phone it's like even if we haven't spoken in six months i mean we've been texting and stuff you know it probably doesn't go more than a couple weeks without us texting each other for sure yeah but but it's like nothing ever stopped, you know. It's like yeah. we just pick up where we left off. So, uh, I, yeah, again, sim- similar, you know. It's like I know what I'm going to get, but I love the fact that you're able to just bring that fun energy uh, all the time, and 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 we can have a good time no matter what we're doing. And oh. you know, Candace would say the same thing too. You know, it's like that's awesome, man. I really appreciate it. That makes me feel really good. A conversation with Ryan. Uh, or with and then without Ryan, those are very different things and different energy. So, in a good way, <laughs> very different things. <laughs> oh my god, that it's like, it's funny to me because like on that Zoom call, I made like one joke in the beginning, and Mike McStacky went, <laughs> went it's nice to see that Ryan's still doing the same bullshit." <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, change that." But then we did. But then we did have somebody join us on that call that is has not changed one iota. That's true. And I don't even have to mention his name, but that would, for you to know exactly what I'm talking about, and it cracks me up so much. But uh, oh my goodness, um, it's like I'm still trying to party and have a good, you know, it'd be a silly, silly, silly. We needed shots after that for sure. Oh man, that, that's uh, again. That, that's another compliment I can give you. Is like you were like, <laughs> we all got off, and then like five minutes went by. And you're like, here's a new Zoom link. Get back on right now. <laughs> Let's get real. Let's get real. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. Well, hey, man, I love you, dude. That's been the compliment corner. Love you too, man. Yeah. Hug it out. Ooh, I like that. 
You almost had a mustache, but it really just covered your whole face. Oh, you nailed this. <laughs> Uh, I love the mustache game. I, I forgot about that. Um, you know, my fiance Lori, who you haven't met in person, she yeah. is not a big drinker. You know, she doesn't really drink, but she's the type of lady. She, she likes to pour a glass of wine and then she sips that the whole night. You know, and uh, so she would never. You know, she'd probably appreciate the the mustache game, but she wouldn't really know about it. I have to teach her about it. Yeah, I, I, I completely forgot about it until our last Zoom call, and I was like, "That's a fun game." Yeah, yeah, it, it sort of slipped my mind for a while too. But I'm glad that I'm revisiting that because it'll bring us many more hours of joy in the future. <laughs> it's such a simple, stupid so thing. Stupid. So stupid. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So now we're ready for our next segment. This is a little segment two. This one's a, this is an airing of Grievous's game. This is called Hit Your Dang Butt Out of My Face. <laughs> So in this game, what's going to happen is it gives us a chance to talk about something that's pissing us off. Something mm-hmm. that's irking our chest. Oh, you just nailed the mustache. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I tell you that you do it, you do it again just to, yeah. just to hurt me. It's okay. mostly to remind myself where it is. Yeah, exactly. Remember, it's like you got to get the muscle memory going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so in this game, basically what happens is it gives us a chance to... Talk about something that's been irking our chain or pissing us off, you know, something that's been making us mad, um, and we get to air that grievance and tell that thing figuratively, get its dang butt out of my face. Get dang butt out of my face. Oh, man. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, I can go first, or you can go first. Do you have something cooking uh, already? Uh, you know, I mean, you can go ahead and start it off if you want. Okay. I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I haven't thought about this, so I'm going to have to pause, too. <laughs> Great job. What kind of Bush League operation is this, Ryan? You know what my get your dang butt is podcast people who don't prepare for their damn segments. Get your butt out of my face, Ryan. Nailed the mustache, too. <laughs> Two for one. As a punishment. Um, no, I, I, that's the thing about with when I knew that it was going to be you, I... I it's it's really fun. Like it's really important to me that to prep for these interviews. Like I like and I I put prep in like very heavy air quotes. But like I but I always like look something up and I try to like I have some questions and I have some silly stuff to go on. But when, when it's a friend of mine that's like this you know like like this level of friendship, I just I'm just like I'm just gonna talk and have fun. Yeah, yeah it's just riffing. It's riffing. <laughs> but then I'm like oh shit I gotta get to my segment so uh, <laughs> so have <not> fun. <laughs> But I'm going to edit all this part out where I admit all that to you. <laughs> I look like a king. Yeah, so nothing changes. <laughs> so I'll never get better at anything. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think um, my problem, my problem, problem. Problem. My, my get your dang butt out of my face this week is going to be about my own mind. My very own mind. Out of your face. I need it to get it staying butt out of my face. The reason is, I, like, I, like I'm, I'm definitely experiencing that dip, the dip and the rise. Where, like, one day I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna crush it today, and then the next day I'm like, ugh, point, you know. And then I'm going outside and I'm like, ugh, well, I'm doing the same walk I've done every day, you know. And I'm trying, like, I'm making sure to get sunlight and get fresh air, and I'm like doing all this stuff. But I, but I've, I've been leaning into negativity quite a bit. 
and it's uh it's pissing me off. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, I have not been open on this show about kind of like the things that have been going on in my life as far like that you know about as far you know as far as like personal advancements we'll call it but 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 I just it's been hard to get out of that hole and it's been hard to you know just you know just all the regular stuff it's just, it's just a shitty time so it's it's but I've been really really dipping into the negativity and I want to let myself feel that stuff but at the same time I'm just like it's not helping me function so I have to I have to say to my own brain I need you to be a little more positive I need you to get you know, through it, I need you to get through it. Don't ruin your days, and get your dang butt out of my face. Get your dang butt out of my face. That's right. So that's a that's an internal one. I've done some internal ones in the past, but that's you know. You've had some internal butts. I've had some internal butts. Yeah. My my mind automatically goes to like the, the way that people annoy me, which there's plenty of that. Even today in in quarantine, yeah. oh, I get yeah, yeah, yeah. no annoy my people, but. Yeah. But I thought I would go introspectively today, you know. Yeah, that's that's you know I think that's the natural thing is to think about external. Yeah, uh, it's just about- probably where I'll get, go. I mean, yeah, of course. It's it's uh, you know, the, there's uh, I can't say that as someone who well, you know, I have to make decisions for groups of people on a regular basis, so I can relate in a very small way to. Um, the decisions uh, that you know our leaders are having to make for us. Sure. Now, sure. And, and none of them are easy. None of them are easy. Um, but I think you know, there's. It's you would just be so much. We'd be so much better off if we just had. Not to get too political, but I'm going there. Like, Look. if we just had somebody who was. Uh, a morally agreeable good person that yeah. makes decisions for our country, and um, regardless of whatever skills he may have in whatever realm he developed them in, you know, most of what he does does not apply to uh, leading a, a group of people in a time, especially like this. And I think when it comes down to it, just like. Um, uh, in other instances, you know, like whether we're vaccinating children for just anything or whatever, but like science is there for a fucking reason. Yeah, thank you for saying that. <laughs> Feels like it's not sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, science is there for a fucking reason. So let's listen to the experts mm-hmm. in those fields and make decisions based on those. Sure. And I think my. Get your butt out of my face goes to old Donald J. Saying, get your butt out of my face, Donald. Listen to the goddamn scientists. Fuck yeah. I just applauded you a little bit. Okay. Nope, nope. Too far. Damn. He tried to mustache me. <laughs> it's always fun to play a visual game on a podcast where people are only getting... Yeah, right, yeah, right. They have to know. All right, in this next segment we're going into now, we're going to reminisce about something from our childhood. Mm, childhood reminiscence. This game is called From Little Baby to Full Grown Man or Lady. Hey, thank you, thing. 
from little baby to full grown man or a lady you hated a thing now you love that thing now you're grown up and you wanna say thanks to that thing for being a thing Hey, thank you, thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So basically what happens is we'll talk about something from our childhood. It can be baby or a little boy or, you know, your child. Something that you hated that really drove you insane that now as an adult you really enjoy, you know. Yeah. And, and it gives us a chance to talk about that thing and then say, hey, thank you, thing, for being in our life. So something, something that it's, as a kid I did not enjoy but now... I'm mm-hmm. Would you like me to go first again? Or do yeah, you have- I'm going to need you to go first on this one because this isn't the same. It's just like on the top of the dome, I guess. Yeah. You have uh, to think about it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of more of a thinker. I'm going to go with, for me, I'm going to go with this week. I'll go with uh, lotion. Lotion. Lotion is something. I remember my mom, I had real ashy elbows. Yeah. Real ashy elbows. They look like rhino skin. <laughs> Very dry, very thick. And my mom always wanted me to wear lotion, and uh, and she always tried to get me to do that. And I, she'd be like, "You need the lotion. Get some lotion on. Put some, you know, put some shea butter, put some cocoa butter, do something. Get some lotion on there." And I hated it. I never wanted to do that. Never wanted to do it. And then sometimes I, she'd like make me do it, and I would do it. And I'd put some lotion on, and then I'd wash my hands to get all the oils off. And she's like, you're the only person I've ever seen wash their hands after putting lotion on. She's like, if you have lotion on your hands, just put it on your face or your arms. Like, put it somewhere else. Like, you know, just, it's, it's good. You need the moisturize. I'm like, ah, I hated it. And now, man, you don't catch me one day without lotion a couple times a day. Yeah. Lotion yeah. beard, lotion the elbows. I live with Lotion Queen. You know, my wife sells lotion for a living. So. That's right. So you got lotions everywhere. So I, t- I, I completely agree. Lotion is annoying as a, as a, as a child. So, um, so you're the same way, but you know, you, you like it now. Yeah, I've definitely embraced lotion and and all of the uh, you know the finer body products. Dude, uh, have you ever been rolling around in bed not being able to sleep, and then you just and then like you just put have you ever put lotion on your feet and then fallen right asleep? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I know it's hyper specific, but <laughs> but that happened to me. Where I'm just like, Ugh, I'm hot and I'm weird, and like, and I feel dry and I feel weird, and I would just like, and I just wake up and I put lotion on my feet, and I'd pass out like immediately. That's so. So you're saying if I ever need you Imagine. to get sleep, I just need to like rub your feet with some lotion, and then you'll be like. But you must fight me first. <laughs> More difficult than you can ever imagine to lotion my feet. But hey, so that's mine this week. Lotion. Hey, lotion. Thank you, thing. Yeah, thank you, thing. Lotion. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with pimento cheese. Whoa! I, I'm on track with you, man. I'm right on track with you. Cause um, I remember when I was a kid, especially going to my grandmother's house, and she would make you know, like his, like, little hors d'oeuvres, like these little pimento cheese sandwiches, like little, you know, she cut the crust off. Right. Just, like these little, you know, bite-sized sandwiches, just white bread, pimento cheese in the middle. And I was like, how are you going to fuck up cheese with all that red shit in there? Yeah. Like, that was what my seven-year-old brain was thinking. Oh. Um, and and I just thought it was nasty, and I hated it. And, and like, I loved, like, everything else, you know, my grandma would provide for us and 
make and you know we'd have but the pimento cheese I was like man I just can't get behind pimento cheese and so like I went through all my teens thinking the same thing and even into you know early 20s and I finally get out here to South Carolina and I, I start to see that it's a big thing like you know it's a southern thing and I grew up in Texas but still it's, Texas is its own thing right it's not the south it's Texas oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not the south it's Texas yeah exactly quote me on that I like uh, that quote but so I then started having some things and opportunities especially I think my my conduit you know into uh, pimento cheese loving lovery uh, is uh, was pork rinds actually? Have you ever had? Have you ever had like chicharrones with? Yeah, I have had that before in the it's south. It's the yeah. best. Uh, and and so now, like, I mean, I'll I'll dip anything in it, and I'll put I'll get it on my burgers. You know, it's. Uh, but well, I can't it's just like it's different looking now. Like, people are like more yeah. artisanal about yeah. it. Make well, it and I think that's I think that's also the thing. Like probably yeah. whatever my grandmother had was just whatever and, yeah. and now uh i i'm like a pimento cheese snob so i will only buy one brand of pimento cheese what's that brand holly's island brand it's called Ooh. um let me i, I want to get it right because you know i want to i want to direct all your listeners you just know it's in the grocery stores there though because you know it by yeah. label correct yeah i know it by label and they they have flavors uh i think it's just called palmetto cheese Things they just call it palmetto cheese. Let me just make sure that I'm some damn good food. But they've got a they've got a jalapeno one. They've got a regular one. They got a bacon one. Oof. Yeah, pal- palmetto cheese. That sounds so good. And, and and it's these these old ladies, these little old ladies that make it, and it's amazing. I've seen the little van driving around. Yeah. Uh, and showing up at places. Uh, but palmetto cheese out of Polly's Island. And um, now, now I eat it on everything. So, yeah, I guess, I guess Palmetto Cheese. I gotta say a big thank you to. Well, Sam. Thank you, Palmetto Cheese. <laughs> well, I can't do the voice. <laughs> you, you got really close. You got really close. Oh, I love that. <laughs> nope. Nope. You you got the right tilt, but you're too far. Uh, I don't know why I'm helping you. <laughs> helping you punish me. <laughs> Let's just put it this way: when you're sitting like that, it's like a blindfold. And I'm sitting like that. It's like a blindfold. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's, fun. it's so funny. To, I I love visual games on a podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do. It, you know, the listeners are are feeling left out. They're mad. They're angry. They're swerving off the road. Bring up so many different emotions. Why can't I see the mustache? <laughs> I must play this game. Um, yeah, well, hey, man, that's been that game. I'm not going to repeat the whole name because it's a long name. <laughs> um, <laughs> you made me think about, about Myrtle Beach and my times touring through there with the Medianoche Trio or Quartet. And, um, and you know, we had this, we, we always referred to drinking together as getting myrtled. <laughs> Yeah, crazy Myrtle in Myrtle Beach, but you took me to so many amazing places for food there, Mr. Fish. Mm. Oof, 
Yeah, we played we played at a restaurant like a badass restaurant and got fed there. It was really really ah, you got uh, yeah, y'all played at El Patio. Gotcha. Ooh, the Mexican food. Oh, there we go. All right, now I got it down. El Patio. <laughs> That's like fair now. El Patio. For the, for the listener, he just found a comfortable, a comfortable way to sit down and get it every time. <laughs> uh, uh, but for those of you out there who don't hablo español, El Patio is Spanish for <laughs> Patio. It's like a Chris Farley joke. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um. Yeah, we played at El Patio a bunch of times, but then we also played like an Italian restaurant or something. It wasn't. It was like. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's super one-sided because you didn't find a mustache product to do for me. I know, I just, yeah, I need to find something. I don't know why I agreed to this. <laughs> but we have to, we, next IU percussion hang we do, we all have to play this for a while. Yeah, put one on every screen. <laughs> Little ones. Yeah. Constantly watching. All, it's, like big, it's like those ladies that play bingo and they yeah. have like 10 cards going. <laughs> Constantly watching for anybody to go into the mustache. That's yeah, a wonderful idea. It is. But you got a Trevinia Italian kitchen as well. That, yeah, there we go. Yeah, that was awesome. That was really that was cool. cool. That was cool. I was glad we were able to get that gig. Um, that was really fun. Normally, uh, my one of my friends plays there on Friday nights. They play, they've had a steady uh, there for years and years and years and years and years. And they uh you know, playing his originals and standards and stuff, and it was cool to get some different musicians in there and play on a different night. Yeah, that was really fun because I remember that paying. That was like a good paying gig, and they yeah, fed us. Yeah, and like, yeah. we were just like, thank God, because like most of the tour was just like you know, hundred dollar gigs that we were splitting three ways, and it was just it, the whole point was just to promote our albums and all that stuff, you know, and, and like promote our group. And so we were just we were doing hundred dollar gigs just to have somewhere to play and drink free beers basically on tour and pay for our gas to get to the next place or whatever. And it was just like, you know, just, it doesn't matter. We'll just add all this up. Like, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll get this done. But that was an actual, like, Hey, we're going to eat great. And we're going <laughs> to, they're going to pay us for our service actually, <laughs> which is cool. But, uh, I, there's one memory I have that I want to talk about <laughs> from Myrtle beach was that we had like, you guys were letting us stay at your place when we, when we were there, when we do, we did like a master class at coastal and we, you know, hung out with the students and then like, uh, Coleman got to hang out with Steve Bailey and yeah. all that stuff. But, um, but we were like, Hey, in repayment, like you guys were like, you don't have to pay us anything. Just come stay. We'll party. and It'll be fun. And so we're like, Hey, since they're letting us stay there, let's get all the stuff to make long Island iced teas. Oh, yeah. I forgot about it. <laughs> So we're like, we'll do that. And so then we were like, so we're like, dude, we're going to get all this stuff for Long Island. I remember like look up the recipe and be like, damn, this is really expensive. Yeah, it's a bunch of shit. <laughs> you have to buy like an entire bar <laughs> just to make one drink. You know? yeah. But we had very much fun. Very, very much fun. Uh, yeah. We also shotgun beers at your place where Coleman uh, cut the entire rectangle out of his, uh, out of his uh, beer can and almost swallowed a... Oh, a piece of aluminum. The classic mistake. <laughs> oh, there's so many fun memories from that time, man. Yeah, yeah. But, I, still well, have, I still have this picture when we went to the beach and hanging out on the beach, and you and 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 like very young Rio. Yeah. Like, for those listeners out there that don't know Rio, he's my dog. Yeah, he's a puppy. What terrier mix? Yeah, man. Those are the old. Ten. Rio's ten. He turned 10 yesterday, Cinco de Mayo is his birthday. 
isn't it funny that there's like a shift in dogs' attitudes where like they're like your little friend all the time, and then like then they get older than you, you know? Yeah. Like we're kind of at that shift right now with Rupert, where he's just kind of like, "All right, everybody relax. I'm yeah. trying to take a nap over here." Chill. And we're like, "Rupe, come on, come on. You still want to fight about it, you know?" And he's just like, "Just chill, chill." <laughs> we're like, "Come on, Rupert, come on, man." But uh, yeah, I mean that's how it goes. Well, hey, we're coming to the end of the show, you know. And I do want to ask, I do, I, you know, the last question that everybody gets is simply. You know, because the name of the show is Ryan is super strong. So my question for all my guests at the end is just, hey, Jesse Willis, are you super strong? Oh, yeah, man. I'm fucking super strong all the time. No, I mean, you know, I think we all go through days where we think we're super strong. And like you're saying, then there's other days where you're like, man, I need to, I need to up my game. I need to, I need to get stronger. But that's the quest, you know, that's the quest to yeah. you you're making yourself better and, and getting stronger and, and so that you can achieve yeah. strong status like yourself, you know. <laughs> That's right, man. So, you know, keep in mind there's so many types of strength, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, all these different things. But what's some advice you can give to our listeners? Some Anybody that's relating to you or maybe a, list, uh, a student that might be listening, you know, anywhere across the country that's looking for some advice or just, you know, what what's something that makes a Jesse Willis super strong? Uh, I'd say, you know, stay, stay hungry, stay motivated, like, uh, always for years and years and years, um, just having clarity of, of goals, uh, you know, I think, you know, it, it is, is important, even if, even if it changes a lot, even if it's something where you shift, um, but having something to work for towards uh, is, you know, like sort of like the, the old idle hands or the tool of the devil. Well, if you've got goals, uh, you're going to be working on doing good, you know, whether it's for yourself or for other people, um, you're going to be working on something and staying motivated. I think I talk a lot of, about that with my students, and that's something that I look back on. You know, I probably got it from being involved in a lot of athletic activities when I was younger. Yeah. I transferred that over to just other life situations and music, of course, and um, whatever it is. But, yeah. um, but I think uh, I think that would be I think that would be my advice to to achieving super strong status would be, you know, you gotta you gotta be tenacious about it. You gotta dig in to what it is that you, you want to do and you got to stay, you know, have those clear goals, uh, even if they do, even if they do change or, or, or something happens where you shift from one to, to another, um, having something that you're working towards is, is a, it's a healthy thing. Yeah, man. I feel that it's, and, and, and just to, to add a little bit of encouragement, um, right now during this weird ass time, yeah. Is that many of us, myself included, uh, are are feeling the loss of those goals? Some of those goals yeah. where you live. Well, it's, I think it's just I think it's just different now. I mean, and and sometimes it's uh, you know I, I'm always hoping and I'm thinking towards like okay when we come out of this when we come out of this and sort you read articles that are like it could be one or two years before everything's back to normal and I think the reality is like it's just gonna we're gonna have to adjust. Uh, 
you know how we go about our business but things will return to normal yeah. it'll be different of course but uh, and even though there's not an immediate gratification I think this has spawned so many new endeavors for people that uh, there's there's some positive out of it like I'm trying to focus energy in in other ways that I wouldn't have had time to you know if it was in a normal semester you know whether it's been like okay we're gonna start a garden in the back or uh, we're gonna do some work to, to the house or let's find a uh, you know, other ways for us to hang out outside and keep the, you know, well, especially the two-year-old busy and, and, and fun or more walks and that kind of stuff. And even though most of my goals for the course of my life, it, it feels different to make those types of goals right now too. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then like a professional goal, you know, yeah. but sort of a more personal goal. But then on the, on the professional side, you're looking towards, okay, how can we, how can we adjust our teaching methods uh, to deliver meaningful instruction in the fall if we are going to be distance how am I going to find ways to get students instruments because that was the biggest thing you know for I think all percussionists that are, <laughs> are studying around right now it's like you know you're you you now know what it means to be completely reliant as on your own equipment and you've been that way for a long time but like students as of a course, student, they, yeah. you take for granted the fact that you have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gear at your fingertips every day anytime you want mm -hmm. and so that was one of the last things that I actually talked about with them today was like you know this isn't the most ideal time for finances for most people but if you can do anything over the course of this summer in preparation for the fall if we're going to be having to do any of this type of stuff again you need to try to figure out a way to buy something. Yeah. Buy a tambourine. Mm -hmm. Buy a snare drum, a cheap snare drum. Cheap snare drum is better than no snare drum. Yep. Um, buy congas. I can teach you on congas. And we'll work, we'll work now with more time to try to figure out ways to supply our students with more instruments as well. But the reality is we're not going to give everybody a five-octave marimba, you know. Yeah, it's just not going to Yeah. But the more things that people have, the more I can work with them on skills that are going to be actual practical skills that are performance-based, which is what I normally teach. You know, we, yeah. we worked on composition. We worked on arranging. We worked on um, some business things and, you know, getting job application materials ready to go and work. Uh, some you know minimal recording and video editing but um i'm hungry to get back to teaching kids how to perform music yeah the art yeah the, yeah exactly no man it, uh, and not to bring back to the compliment corner but like you, like you're one of those professors that, that i'm so proud to know and so proud to back and stuff like because uh like when we talked about this originally like when this all started you know yeah. you were talking to me about all your ideas for pivoting stuff and and you were one of those guys you didn't fight anything you were just like nope time to pivot let's get let's get moving because like i still have a yeah, job in my but, mind i fought it that's for sure in my mind i fought it like i i you know uh it's but then there's sort of reality sets in i go okay well got to do something how can they how can i keep them engaged how can i keep them motivated you know how can i keep them having goals and maybe think maybe get them to think about some different goals that are peripheral to maybe their um main goal is like I want to get a job as a teacher I want to get a job as a whatever okay well 
what are all these little other goals you have to set up that build you up to that one thing? Because it's not yeah. like it's yeah. not like that's what you do. You know, when you when you set that type of you know big career goal, um, you have to know how to navigate the course and do the steps necessary, and that comes with a lot of little goals along the way as we. Well, well and I and my my teaching philosophy with all my students is like how how much time you have to spend on your on the human side of your career you know like you know versus the playing side and it's just and, and and you've always been that same way too and and uh and we kind of formed those real deep beliefs kind of early on together but it's uh, but you know that it's a really true thing to think about and um and i, I loved i i know teachers and stuff that were just like well how am i going to teach this it's i need to be there in the room you know and it's like well there are other yeah. things you should be teaching your students like maybe yeah. you, know, you were that guy you know you know, and I'm and I'm I'm going through those. I have those same thoughts, and you know, like those ups and downs you're talking about. Probably the, the the down, the biggest down that I ever have is I go, what if we're never able to get back in a room with students? Like, yeah. do I want to do this for the rest of my life in this way? And, yeah. And you know, I try to let those fade out <laughs> as quickly yeah, as possible. Totally, yeah. And, totally. and, and continue to say this is temporary. This is temporary. We all just need to make it through this. This yeah. is temporary, and, and we can deal with something that's temporary. Yeah, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, my friend. And I thank you for that advice. I think a lot of people need to hear that right now. And it's it's it is it is really difficult. And that's why I kind of added that encouragement. Was just like this is a difficult time, man. Like it's a difficult time to stay motivated, but it is important. And yeah. uh, especially when when like I was working towards a goal for the last two years that just got ripped out from underneath us, you know. And it's like, uh, it's, you know, so there's, there's grief and loss you have to go through for that. Yeah. Know? And just, you know, I encourage people to find, um, you know, maybe goals in other areas that they're not used to looking for them or setting goals and being like, oh, I never thought I'd get into underwater basket weaving, but I'm going to be the best underwater basket weaver that I can fucking yep. possibly be. Uh, whatever it is, you know, like learn about, learn about new stuff that you didn't learn about before you didn't know about that you've always been interested in totally man learn, learn a new language you know whatever Ooh, yeah that's good that's a good time to do that yeah all right man so the last thing i asked for you know from all my guests is just plugs you know where can people follow you or follow you know coastal carolina or you know if, uh, like how can uh, they reach you, you know uh, it's not right as we talked about i'm not the biggest social media person but you know i can be found uh, obviously at coastal carolina university and mm -hmm. any of the um social media that we have ccu percussion on facebook i'm one of the administrators for that and ccu percussion on instagram as well yeah uh, but but look me up you know come see concerts at coastal find our youtube videos we're doing some cool stuff in the yeah. department here and our music department in general i think we're we're making some great progress and um even though uh like I said, we're going to be delivering meaningful instruction to our students no matter how we have to deliver it in the fall, but we're excited about our incoming class uh, in the music department, and I'm very excited about the six percussionists that I've got coming in this year for our program as new freshmen and adding them to the great cast that, that we've got and just um, really looking forward to getting back, even though today was the, end, the official sort of end of our semester. Um, you know, I, I'm excited about the future so come come check us out at all our events on campus or watch us on on the interwebs coastal yeah, right. university ccu percussion 
And I'll, yeah, I would I would definitely recommend going and checking all that stuff on YouTube because anything under this man's direction is gonna be badass. I can just tell you appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. Uh, I always take this moment to plug Chad Coleman who did the art for the show, Chris Hackman who did the intro and outro music for this very show. You can follow Ryan is super strong on Instagram or at super strong Ryan on Twitter. And uh, if you you know if you love this show, gosh dang it, you just got me. Yes. One last mustache. Oh, I have a comment for you. Another comment. <laughs> but hey, if you like this show, if you like it, please, if it's the first time you've listened or maybe the millionth time you've listened or you're listening, you know, who knows what's, what's going on. But if you go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show, the show grows all over the world. We have listeners in Mexico and Turkey and Indonesia. And it's, it's insane where, where people are listening to this show. And I still don't understand why. But at the same time, I'm very thankful for them. <laughs> And when you guys this episode, exactly. <laughs> when, when you guys rate and review the show, you know the, it grows all over the world, and more and more people get to listen to how badass my friends are. For example, the wonderful Jesse Willis. Appreciate it, sir. Yeah, man. And I just that comment that I had for you is I really don't know anybody that's better at games. You know, just at games. I try to be. Super strong at games. All You're so good at games, dude. And I, I mean, drinking games or any of that. So Jesse has this magical way of just winning at games. <laughs> frisbee golf, frisbee. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, those are both frisbee-based games. But he has lots of examples. Just you know, just try to be strong. Try to do it the best. Like competitiveness. <laughs> All right, man. Well, the last thing I do on every episode is I talk to one listener or a group of listeners, and I try to up their game in some way, and I'm going to start that right now. Yeah. All right, guys. This week I am talking to the people that you see walking around your neighborhoods trying to get exercise just like you, but they're on their phones. They're not paying attention to who's coming at them, whether it's a baby, a family, an elderly person, a lot of times they're not wearing masks. They're just walking around on the sidewalk, talking on their phones, hanging out, not paying attention. And they're not getting out of the way of the elderly people. It's my biggest pet peeve right now. I keep on seeing it all the damn time. And I'm thinking, hey, get the fuck out of their way. <laughs> they're elderly. Don't make them walk on the sidewalk. I saw the oldest lady walk in the street yesterday while two younglings were just texting I think they were texting each other on their phones walking side by side without masks and I just thought they were assholes so hey to you two specifically but also anyone that's doing this shit use your eyes use your eyeballs be better than that you know listen to the advice of Dr. Jesse Willis here or maybe go back in the archive and listen to all the advice of my badass guests have given in the past and if you do that and take all that advice seriously and you change your wily, crappy ways, you start watching out for the elderly and not just caring about yourself, then maybe one day, just maybe, you could be super strong too. Just like Ryan.